0: Hello and welcome back to a new teaching session. My name is Eduard Sereduc and today we are addressing the issue Does God still judge the nations today through disease? (music) Is COVID-19 the judgment of God for the world? Does God still judge the nations in the New Testament by plagues, viruses or diseases? This is a question that lingers in the minds of many Christians and pastors during perilous times. Is God judging the nations because they they went too far in their sins when they legalized abortion, homosexuality, and same-sex marriages? Does God send these diseases to make people look up to heaven and come back to Him? Many pastors try to explain it with expressions like God did not send this disease per se, but he is somehow involved in how this disease will play in the world. Or expressions like God is ultimately in control, or God is sovereign, or God allowed this to happen to teach us something, or God has a mysterious plan through this. However, the bottom line implication and assumption is the same. God sometimes judges the nations through plagues and that is in his sovereign will. Is that true in the New Testament? No, it is not true at all. God does not judge the nations anymore through plagues, especially after the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. God does not send plagues to force people to love him. That would make him a narcissistic, self-centered person who seeks glory and adoration at any cost. And he is not like that. The devil, on the other hand, is like that. God never causes pandemics so that he would get glory from them. The devil is the one causing all diseases. But God gets glory out of them when we, the Christians, rebuke and come against those diseases with healing in the name of Jesus. God does not create evil circumstances. Neither he does evil to people so that later on he can get glory out of it the only reason god has ever judged nations especially in the old testament before christ was out of necessity because of his justice and righteousness because the bible says that the wages of sin is death in romans six twenty three, and because nobody had paid yet for the sins of the nations in the old testament God judged the sins of nations through different punishments and at different times. However, when Jesus Christ died on the cross 2000 years ago, he was judged in full for the sins of the whole world, past, present and future the only sin for which people are condemned in the new testament era is the sin of not believing in jesus christ the sin of not accepting the payment and the judgment for their sins the punishment and judgment for this sin is the second death the lake of fire the judgment for that sin is postponed until after the second coming of Jesus at the judgment from the great white throne. The Bible says that Jesus himself who had every right to judge and condemn the world because he was holy, he did not come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. And we see that in John three seventeen. It says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Notice in the next verse that I will read in John three eighteen. notice who is condemned, those that do not believe in him. And those are already condemned and judged and wait for their punishment at the end of times. Let's read this verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And I want to read one more passage from 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 7 to 10 where it says this when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day, to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. So this passage does not say anything about God punishing the world for sexual immorality or crimes or abortion or any individual sins for that matter. However, he will punish the world for only one sin, not accepting the gospel the payment for their sins. So now that God judged all present sins of the world, including legalized abortions, same-sex marriages, he, he judged all those sins in the death of Jesus Christ, he does not judge anymore the world for their sins through plagues and diseases. That would mean double judgment. Let's take a look at a few more Bible passages regarding God's judgment which I believe will put to rest once and for all the fact that God does not judge the nations for their sins from time to time from pandemics or calamities of all kinds in the New Testament era until the second coming of Jesus. And let's read from Luke chapter 13 verses 1 to 5 where it says this. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelled in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Notice in this passage that we read that when Jesus received from these people those tragic reports, in this case a massacre and a building that has crumbled over some people, Jesus immediately perceives their thoughts and assumptions from their hearts concerning the reason why those things happened and immediately counteracts them. And they, we see that these people, like most people today, including Christians and uh, not Christians, thought of the following. God allowed those people to be killed by Pilate because of their many sins. In the case of the collapse of the Tower of Siloam, the same way God allowed that tragic thing to happen because of the multitude of their sins. Doesn't this sound familiar? When the World Trade Center towers were destroyed on September 11, 2001, didn't the world think that God was judging or punishing America for for its sins? How does Jesus respond to both these cases? Do you have the impression that those people were more sinful than you and that God didn't support them anymore? definitely not if you do not repent you see now is the time of repentance if you do not repent you will all perish the same way but when at the great final judgment not now John 5 verse 22 says this for the father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the son this is a powerful verse I think this passage is very clear. God the Father does not judge anyone, neither now nor in the future. All judgment was given to his Son, Jesus Christ. But let's see now how the Son judges and when. Let's read John uh, chapter 12, verses 47 to 48. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. This is Jesus speaking. And look at this passage, uh, what this passage says, that if anyone hears the words of Jesus and does not believe them, Jesus does not judge him. He doesn't judge us, why? Because Jesus did not come to judge the world now, but to save it. Who will judge the world and when, says this passage. The word of Jesus will judge the world on the last day, on the final judgment, which is not yet here. Let's move forward and read another passage from Romans two, verse five, where it says this, But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who is Paul addressing to in this passage that we just read? To the most sinful people described in the preceding chapter in Romans 1, 18 to 32, which included homosexuals and all manner of sinful things and disgustful and injustice and look, they are not punished now in this age, but they are gathering for themselves a treasures of a treasure of wrath for the day of wrath, when the righteous judgment of God will be revealed, that is to say, at the next judgment. One more passage, Luke chapter two, verse fourteen. When the angels sang, the, when Jesus was born, the angels uh, came down and sang this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward man. This is what the angels sang about the goodness of God and his good will towards people now in this age. Later on, when Jesus grows up, he himself speaks of, of his calling in the following way. In Luke 4, verses 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You see, Jesus came to bring good news, to deliver people, to heal them, and to announce the year of of the Lord's mercy and acceptance. What is this acceptable year of the Lord? It is certainly not just a literal year, but a longer period of the Lord's acceptance. Are we still in that year of the Lord's acceptance? Of course, yes. And we see that Jesus Uh, reiterates here the words of the prophet Isaiah from chapter 61 and Isaiah and deliberately stops at the year of mercy without mentioning the day of uh, of God's vengeance because that has not yet come. Let's read from Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord comma and the day of the vengeance of our god jesus left that out because that has not come yet further on in the in the famous passage of john 3 16 that we all know which is still valid today, we still live in the time of John 3.16. We can see there the unlimited love of God and his desire for people today. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if I tell you that I love you, but later on, I send a, you a virus to get your mind straight. Does that make any sense? Of course not. No normal human being would do that. Uh, uh, why would we think that God would do such a thing? Let's move on uh, uh, and read one more passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, where it says this. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the the word of reconciliation. What a powerful verse. First of all, we can see here that during this time, God ignores the sins of men, of people. This does not mean that they are overlooked without faith in Jesus Christ, but simply means that God does not care about the sins that are happening in the world today. He does not consider them and does not impute them to the world now. And that's so hard for some of us to accept. I don't know why, but it's just hard. Secondly, this verse says that he did not commit to us, the believers, He did not commit it to us, the believers, with the word of judgment, but the word of reconciliation. And Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20, when Jesus sends the disciples, he he tells them that, uh, he tells them this. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And law, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You see, this mandate to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations is still in effect until the end of age. God does not hate the lost. Once you and I were lost too. So what age are we in right now? The age of anger or that of the preaching of the gospel? Many people say that this virus COVID-19 will wake people up, maybe. But there are many things that wake people up, but that does not mean that God has sent them or that he will use them to awaken someone. For instance, God did not send the prodigal son to live with the pigs. But living with the pigs woke him up. God did not do that to him, but he did it to himself, the prodigal son. So many things that are happening in the world have the potential to wake you up and make you think. But that does not mean that God has, saw, uh, has sent those things. Also, threat and fear are not the one that bring people to repentance, but the goodness of God is. And we see that in Romans 2, verse 4, where it says this Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? When, you see what age we live in? In the age of the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering. The age of goodness, of the goodness of God. When Jesus sent the disciples into the world to preach the gospel, why does he not say, why didn't he say that he would send some viruses with them to scare people off and make them repent? If we take a look, if we go back and take a look also in the Garden of Eden, we can see that God did not allow nor permitted Adam to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as some theologians uh, think. But he allowed them and gave them permission to eat from all the other trees in the garden, including the tree of life. God does not permit evil, does not uh, per- uh, allow evil to happen. He's not, he does not agree with it. And First John 3, 8 says this, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. We can notice four things in this passage. One, that there is a devil. And so many people uh, forget about this. There is a devil. Second, this devil, the devil has some works. Three, his works are worthy of destruction. And fourth, Jesus came to destroy those works. Now, if it is God who sent the virus, then what else comes from the devil? Or is the devil gone on vacation on the beach, or something like that? John 10, 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they uh, may have it more abundantly. What is this virus doing? It is stealing our economy, killing people, destroying lives, businesses, and families. These are not from God. We, the Church of Christ, have the authority to stand against this virus. But if we, we were polluted with wrong teaching, this theology paralyzes the Church and puts us in a position of passivity and redefines faith into faith. Whatever will be, will be. God is in control, he will, he will solve it out somehow. God is not in control, we are in control. He put us here, he gave us authority over this earth. He gave believers authority to reign over this earth from the spiritual realm, to reign in life. And viruses are part of the fallen nature of the world. God is not the author of plagues in the New Testament the devil is always the one sending all plagues diseases and sicknesses any pandemic virus or bareness is a work of darkness and i want to say this again and we should stop blaming god for these things that happen in the world because god is not the source of this any pandemic virus or bareness is a work of darkness the Son of Man was manifested in the world to destroy the works of darkness. We see that in 1 John 3 verse 8. Moreover, he gave Christians the same mandate to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils. That is written in Matthew ten eight and Luke ten nineteen. Christians are supposed to come against any pandemic and destroy it in the name of Jesus. When Jesus was on earth, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good to people and healing, listen, all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. That is written in Acts 10, verse 38. Now, as Christ is, so are we, the Christians in this world. First John four seventeen. During times of pandemics like this that we're living right now, we as Christians need to be one hundred percent sure that no pandemic is the will of God for the world. Otherwise, we cannot have complete faith for healing while believing in the same time that God willed the disease. We should tell the world very strongly and openly that the devil is the author of pandemics, not God. God loves us, loves them so much and has already provided the solution through healing in the blood of Jesus Christ. Even if they do not want to receive salvation for their sins, God will still heal anyone who comes to Him for healing because He is love. Even the world is looking for cures to viruses. How much more God wants to heal people. During these times, we should rise up in faith and be a living testimony of God's power by casting out any fear, by repelling any virus from ourselves through the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and heal those who are affected by any virus. We as Christians also have the responsibility and authority to rebuke any virus globally in the name of Jesus, command a stop in its spreading, and curse it to die from its roots. We have a responsibility to reign in life in this world from the spiritual realm. That is written in Romans 5, 17, and not allow the devil to do whatever he wants. God neither teaches people through disease. And I, will, I want to say that again. God does not teach people through disease. To say that God uses sickness or disease to teach people something is to say that the sickness is the Holy Spirit or that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of infirmity. Why? Why? Because the Bible says in John 14:26 that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will teach us all things. The Holy Spirit will teach us everything and not sickness or disease. God does not use helpers like sickness, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. Let's read this verse and we'll close this uh, session with uh, John by reading this passage from John 14:26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Amen. I pray that you will, as a Christian, will not fear no matter what uh, the news are telling us, no matter what disease or viruses are in the world, that we will not fear fear but rise up in in faith and rebuke any fear any disease any sickness and live free of sickness on a regular basis i i hope that this message brought peace and rest and joy to you and uh, i pray that god would bless you and keep you in his favor amen